Hola, are you a Latina or woman of color new to marketing and need tips for landing that first job? Or maybe you are a new business owner looking to implement new marketing strategies for your business. Or just looking for personal development tips to advance in your career? I am Vanessa Parra, your host, hospitality and travel marketer, and now your marketing bestie. I will be spilling the tea on everything I know on how to land that marketing job. I will share behind the scenes of being a Latina in marketing and shedding light on barriers and struggles people of color face, especially when you're the only one in a corporate setting. I will also touch on manifestation tips that have helped me attract my dream career slash life. But most importantly, I will be spotlighting other influential Latinos and people of color marketers from our community. So grab your cafecito or drink of choice and let's listen in. Welcome to Influence with Cultura podcast. Hi there, everyone. It's Vanessa, your host. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Influence with Cultura. I'm super excited because today I am interviewing Raul Ceja. He's a brand strategist. I actually... I've known Raul for a while. We met through Instagram. I uh, came across some of his content, I believe, in 2020 during um, our world pandemic. And I started following him on social media. I even got to interview him on my YouTube channel that I had years ago. So I'm really excited to reconnect with him and um, for him to share his marketing journey in hopes that you walk away with some valuable tips and help you land that first marketing job. So Raul, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Okay. Um, for those that don't know you, do you mind just uh, sharing who you are, what you do, and uh, just walk us through? Well, first, let's start off with who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I am Raul Seha, and I do work around marketing strategy. So that involves photography, videography, and design. Perfect. Okay, Raul, so let's start off with your uh, career journey. If you can share with our audience, um, if you went to a university and what you did to gain all those um, skill sets and knowledge to help you grow in your marketing career? Yeah, so I could start uh, with sharing that I'm born and raised in Hollister. And for the majority of my life, I didn't know that I wanted to be in this field. And just recently, I discovered that I was a creative. So that meant in middle school and high school, I had very little interest in anything academically. It was only the day after high school that I realized that education was important. So I enrolled into a community college and took a couple of years to transition to UC Riverside. And um, there I was thinking of pursuing a finance degree because it turns out that I'm really good at math. (laughs) Uh, But there was an innate and this calling for creativity that I didn't know how to describe or even pursue at the time, but I I knew that something was calling me towards that route. Um, It was very quickly after I graduated college that I realized that I have all this theory and concepts of 
of what to do, but I couldn't get a job. I couldn't get an internship. I couldn't find any work. And I said to myself, I need to show something that's practical. And the best thing that I knew was to enroll back into community college and learn about graphic design. And it was through there that I got involved with uh, nonprofits and learned what philanthropy was. And since then, I really like community building and sharing with like-minded individuals from different perspectives of really just being, how do I call it, like a curator, um, a person that creates and shares uh, community stories. So out of that, I landed a role with the Hispanic Foundation of Silicon Valley um, as their first marketing communications manager. And that um, th- that was a nice and very happy moment in my life. But I had a, I was waiting for someone to say, hey, you can do videography or photography now. Like I was waiting for a very long time to have someone give me permission and and to do video editing. Um, And then the pandemic happened and I didn't realize that there were all these YouTube creators creating (laughs) very beautiful content and that they were all um, self-taught. And I said, what the heck? I want to be self-taught. So, uh, so I picked up the camera even more and, uh, and learned how to video edit. And because I've seen a lot of movies in my life, I can tell what's a good movie and what's a bad movie. And that was about the right of amount of judgment for storytelling. And um, watching all of these great creators do content really helped Um, in my work uh, in terms of uh, running marketing campaigns there's a there's a unique cadence to um, to those creators that I really appreciate and I would have never have done anything like that if if it weren't for the pandemic if it weren't for me just exploring YouTube and and recognizing that I had no idea before we continue with your career journey, um, because a lot, lot of our audience, um, our listeners, they are first generation um, Latinos or second generation, and they're in their beginning stages of their marketing career. They might be in school or about to graduate, or maybe not even, they might not even be pursuing a marketing degree, and they're just trying to learn on their own. When you were beginning to learn all these new skill sets, is it safe to say that you learned more by either watching YouTube videos or investing in your own personal development than in school? Because I don't know about you, but I, me personally, when I was in school, I didn't really, and again, on my end, it's more social media. That wasn't something that you would learn in college. You kind of had to learn on your own. So how was your experience at school? Did you have to learn on your own time and not really learn at school? And also, did you face any struggles or challenges because you're Latino and maybe you didn't have like a network of people that understood um, what you were doing or maybe like the same things that you liked? 
Yeah, definitely. I really am grateful that you bring this up uh, for sure. Uh, because I was never academically inclined, I had to twist and turn and bend my mind in the way for uh, me to get a passing grade in university. Uh, I've truly felt like an imposter. So mm -hmm. I would spend all waking hours uh, while I was in school at the library. And I felt as though like someone can come in and find out that for some reason that uh, my, um, my credibility would just be removed. And mm -hmm. so that created a lot of anxiety. And on top of that, uh, after college, I didn't know which way to go. I had no friends or no cousins or no family members or any anything close of a professional relationship with anyone in the marketing field. And I said, this is a calling, but I don't know how or when or, yeah. or what's going to evolve or where to even turn. So um, there were a lot of days where I didn't know. But then as it turns out with my reflection and being in this marketing field now and having the opportunity to sit in boardrooms and um, some of these strategic advance meetings that no matter your age, people are really good at pretending to know what they're talking about. And given the advance of say like YouTube and social media, there often are older people in the room that think it should be this way, where in reality and having practiced habitually <laughs> yes. uh, doing these things, uh, they're completely wrong. And so um, there's been a lot of years in, that I have developed in, okay, so where do I land? How do I progress in this field? And it really is a matter of articulating and communicating and using certain words but all of it has been through a transformative journey and now uh, i've picked up recently journaling i picked up uh, meditation running and all of these things that make for a great marketing um, career i didn't realize that doing the things that i'm doing now would help with creativity would help with communicating that would help um, with networking um, because I was just misguided misinformed and I had a very narrow view of what marketing was or what this professional first gen life should be yeah and throughout your career I'm curious to find out were you the only Latino or person of color in those marketing teams? Or maybe you might have just been the only marketer for that company. I'm just curious because I know on my end, it was mostly Caucasians. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't think I ever really met that many um, Latino marketers until recently when mm -hmm. I find them on social media, which is really exciting to see because I believe a lot more Latinos should be in marketing. But I'm just curious, how was your experience? Yeah, 
so uh, when I started, I started in my hometown and um, yeah, it, I was in, I was the only Latino in the office and of course only Latino in most committees and most boardrooms and um, yeah, it really is eye-opening to see some of um, these community leaders that uh, make decisions based on their lived experience, which mm-hmm. is completely different than my lived experience or uh, the people that I know. So culturally speaking, there was a big s- separation uh, yeah. between what the word community meant to people. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, it turns out that community can mean a whole lot of different things to a whole lot of people. Like community to a politician is very different than to an elderly person at the um, at a at their current state in life. Um, yeah, it's just very very different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, going back to your career journey, I know you mentioned that during the pandemic you were really um, embracing and improving on your skill sets. Can you tell us um, what type of jobs or marketing campaigns you currently can you work on, or maybe you can help a business with? Yeah, um, and and I'll go back to your question. I wrote a note here from your previous one, but I'd okay. just like to share my the kind of work that I'm focusing on now is completely rooted in my lived experience, meaning that I'm often creating campaigns for those who are underrepresented, uh, under voice and more than likely first gen, second gen. Um, And really it's about creating an equal playing field, not just for the Latino community, but for Mm -hmm. all. So, that's very possible digitally nowadays and that starts with branding with having good photography videography and design and i see myself continuing on this work because it's absolutely needed and um with a lived experience of being in multi-generational households i feel like there's a unique perspective and a unique voice so um, with the Hispanic Foundation, of course, I, I found this very evidently. Um, but when when I left there, I got involved with uh, a local police officer who ran for sheriff coroner. And together, we built this incredible campaign in less than three months. And of course, we knew that the odds were stacked against us, and there was a very minimal, minimal chance of winning, but we gave it our best. And the hope for us was to inspire someone to see a name like Juan Guevara up somewhere and say, hey, look, look, that guy looks like me. I can mm-hmm. do that. Or that that person has the same skin color as I do. I can do that. Um for us, it was very important that we stayed rooted in cultural significance um, and that we ran content that was 
authentic to us. Now, it was very fun collaborating with him because we would have some discussions. And oftentimes in some of these, um, uh, in some of these uh, meetings or like community forums, we, me and him were the only brown people in the room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so when we talked to community leaders um, that are on board uh, seats now, I mentioned this to, I, I just remember this, sharing this with someone. Um, I told her, man, you wouldn't believe, like, we were the only brown people in the room in 2022. <laughs> and she said, honey, that was happening in the 70s. Like, tell me more. Like, that's nothing new. <laughs> like, oh, but we but we were the only ones there. Like, you don't understand. And I said, yeah, yeah I do understand. <laughs> um, but it was, I, I feel that the work that we did was significant and impactful. And I hope that someone Googles his campaign either now or in 10 years from now, and it feels inspired by him. Awesome. I think that's amazing that you're able to use your skill sets, your passion for marketing to help another um, minority, you know, get their name out there and really show the community what's possible. So you should be really proud of yourself. Yeah. And I have a whole lot to thank for him. I learned more by helping him than I ever thought I would or could even imagine. Like it's priceless, uh, the things that yeah. he's taught me. It really, uh, for the longest time, like I felt like I couldn't um, lean on anyone. I felt like uh, there wasn't anyone to call when they're um, like, even like going through an interview process now, um, there isn't anyone to really lean on if you're looking for to pursue marketing fields, but there are people yeah. out there that have incredible insights. And I never would have thought I, I would um, get this from a police officer, but I don't see Juan as just a police officer. I see him as my friend. And um, that came out of me just genuinely helping him and we help each other now and we're, we call each other all the time. So yeah. it's been really, really nice. That's awesome. Okay, so my next question, who would you consider a mentor or someone influential in the success of your career? So it sounds like Juan is someone influential. <laughs> is there anyone else? Uh, yeah, there's uh, a few people. Um, I would say and, that, the, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, go ahead. And I was going to ask, can you tell us why they are influential in your career? Success yeah. in your career? I would say that the first person to hire me and give me a chance with marketing would surprisingly be, of course, a white male, but not just <laughs> any white male. Um, this person carries a lot of wisdom and aura that I hope to achieve one day. And um, he told me uh, something, two things that were just very pivotal and instrumental. The first is, um, I remember I was working on an assignment for him and I said, you know, I, I want to get this done and do it really well because, you know, you're my boss. I work for you. And he stopped me in the middle of my tracks and said, Raul, you don't work for me. We work together. 
treat everyone as your equal. There is whether it's he goes, trust me, whether it's someone that's a millionaire or someone that's um, that's in their profession, like a lawyer or doctor, they should be treated the same as a janitor or or any or farm worker. If you treat everyone the same, then there is uh, you'll get more in the long run. So for me, I I took that to heart, <laughs> so, yeah. and and for me, trust and respect is a big thing. And if that doesn't happen, no matter who you are, then we just will not get along. Yeah, no, that's a really <laughs> good mentor and boss slash employer because I've had some horrible bosses <laughs> that did not live by that code, and that's something that. I personally agree um, when I have employees or someday when I have my own uh, business, I would like to do that as well because yeah, I agree. You should treat everyone with the same respect. And so, yeah, I I completely agree. Yeah. The other thing that he said was um, that it, it really shifted my mind. He said that staff, is staff is there to do the work, but the boss is there to support the staff. So meaning that he's there to to help us get through our day just as much as we're there to help push the organization forward. So a boss to me, before he said that, meant that you're doing all the work for one person to to one person to to make them happy or to meet their standards or blah 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 but as a staff employee after hearing that i'm like no you work for me or (laughs) uh so it was really it was transformational in the sense that it was um a very supportive role for sure perfect so what are the top three tips you would give a beginner in their marketing career to fast track their success? Um, to fast track. <laughs> or not fast track, but to land that first marketing job. So if you were to speak to yeah. someone that wants to land that first marketing job, it could be an assistant, an intern, a coordinator. It doesn't have to be a managerial uh, level, but what would, what, three tips would you give them to help them get there? I would say if you have an interest in doing community work in a reflection of your lived experience and uh, in a way learn on the job as well, uh, I would say go towards the nonprofit state uh, spaces, nonprofit spaces, uh, because a lot of nonprofits would encourage this kind of help and yeah. what would make you a, a better marketer is trial and error and not being afraid um, exactly so really synthesizing and syndicating your your work is completely imperative um, so whether you find something in audio written or visual format that that compels you to do the work um, there are ways to tell stories but in short form or long form content that are meaningful 
And the way that I look at things is, say, if it's an hour-long event, what are three things that I can take away from in under a minute and a half? Now, that's very hard, but you create a an emotion, you invoke some sort of feeling, and you learn while doing it. So the faster you do it, the faster... Um, you get to move on to the next project and you get to learn and adapt and try different things, I, which is why I love video editing. It's always such a process for me because I look at the time and eight hours have gone by. I'm like, what the heck, what happened? Um, but it's constantly like that. And, and I really love that part of, of my career right now. Perfect. Okay. And what's your theme song? If you were about to go into a ring or go on stage ready to show the world who you are and everything you've been through, what song would you play to represent you? Uh, that's too funny. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I went on a six mile run and I couldn't think of one. How embarrassing. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, what I really like and what gets me going is like R and B music, and so that's anything not corny. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> anything related to that is just completely. Um, it, it gets me just. It makes me feel happy, like the lovey yeah. dovey like songs, like from my generation, from like back in the day. Like yeah, I don't, I don't know, like the dream and uh, okay. I don't know, Trey songs and Okay. So but one of my favorite artists of all time related to R and B is Eric Billinger. And one of my songs that gets me just really hyped is mm-hmm. Mean What You Say and it's a lovey dovey song. So Okay. I'm gonna have to listen to it. I've never heard of it, but I'll definitely yeah. listen to it. So see? There you have it. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, before we wrap up the interview, is there anything else you'd like to share? Any advice, tips, or maybe an experience that you went through? Um, Again, keep in mind, our listener is here uh, trying to get some tips, information to help them land that first marketing job. Yeah, yeah. I would say if you're going through a similar journey as as the one that I've had, um, and most recently I've been going through a transformation, I would say to you to exercise the kindness within yourself. I've personally just begun my intergenerational healing of trauma which i didn't know what that was before um but you are more powerful than you think you are and there's a light within you that is guided by generations that knows right from wrong your intuition is speaking to you beyond anything else in this world and so if you feel like there's a need to create or if you feel like there's a a need to stand out and go against the grain or whatever the case is follow it because it's not just about you it's it's coming from 
somewhere else and in some kind of deep experience that you've had or that your family member has had or that your parents have had or grandmother father fathers but really it's it's something that i wish i would have encountered or began before um but if anyone is listening out there it's just it's just really nice to know that healing is also a way to be certain about your career perfect thank you and i know you touched on transformation Honestly, I would like to elaborate on that as well, because I think we're so stuck on thinking, oh, if we start in one career path or one aspect of marketing, that that's, you know, the end game. That's where we're going to grow in our career. And that's so far from the truth. You're probably going to start in a certain position to get some experience. And then from there, you're going to realize like what you're passionate about or what you like. If you like writing, maybe you'll get into more like um, being a blogger or copywriting. If you like editing videos, maybe you'll grow in your career path, you know, learning more about video editing. So I think we put too much pressure on what our end game needs to be when it comes to our career and we shouldn't. It's more like enjoy the journey, learn as much as possible, try many things, especially at the beginning of your career, you should try many things. That way, you know what you like, what you don't like, and then improve on those skill sets and grow in your career. Yeah, I, I would add to that and say that uh, I would say that work and what you do on a day-to-day basis isn't what identifies you. And I had a really hard time with this when I left the Hispanic Foundation because I had my whole identity wrapped up into what I did. I agree, me too. And I think it has to do a lot with, um, I don't know about you, but me being first generation, Mexican-American, going to college, there's so many expectations put on us, you know, because we're like, wow, my daughter, my son went to college, they got a degree, and now they get to work at an office, they don't have to uh, get blue, um, blue collar jobs, you know what I mean? So it's just these, you feel like this is who I am, I'm a marketer, or I'm, you know, like I have a career, a degree, whatever. And then when you lose it, you feel lost. You feel, cause I completely felt the same way, especially during the pandemic when I was laid off from my marketing career. Like I was so excited. I felt like I was growing. Um, I was really excelling in my career. And then out of nowhere, the whole world shuts down and I got laid off and I went through an identity crisis, I guess you would say as well, because I'm tied. I was tied to, you know, if Vanessa's not a marketer, then what is she, (laughs) you know? So I completely understand. And I think it might be just because again, there's just so many expectations put on us um, that we're just so tough on each other. Yeah. From, uh, from just a societal point of view and a cultural point of view and just everything in between. Yes. And which is why most recently I fell in love with 
philosophy and neuroscience. And I listen to, in terms of philosophy, I listen to um, Alan Watts, and he his perspective is so much um, light into it, and, and it just really helped me identify that work in Western philosophy is very different than work in Eastern philosophy, and that my life doesn't have to revolve around all of this, that it, there's something greater. And from a neuroscience, because I'm uh, I, I like to nerd out a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also scientific research. I like to um, watch the YouTube channel called Think Big and a co-parent of theirs called The Well. And they really dive into um, neuroscience, the brain. And so um, through there, I have learned a whole lot and also going through uh, like I said, uh, um, this transformational journey, which means um, going through therapy as well. Um, it's it's really has just um, brightened and enlightened my my path so much that uh, I would hope if anyone out there is kind of curious about this thing to really just dive in, and you'll see the layers just peel off, and you'll feel so much lighter. Um, but it takes work. It takes it takes a lot of your effort to be put into it, and also time and and being patient with it. And that's the frustrating part with those that are first gen and ready to go and work, work, work. That yeah. that um, time needs to pass for healing to happen. Yeah. Okay, Raul. So how can our listeners reach out if they want to connect or talk to you? Where do you yeah. want to direct everyone? I, I'm on LinkedIn, so I encourage um, LinkedIn. I'm very active on there, more so than Instagram, but I'm also on Instagram. It's, I'm at the Raul Saha. You can find me there. And on LinkedIn, just Google my name, Brand Strategist Raul Saha, and Google and search my name on LinkedIn. <laughs> You, actually, Raul is really active on LinkedIn. You should definitely uh, connect with him. I love watching your videos and your posts. So yes, he's definitely very active on LinkedIn. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a lot of people watch that stuff. And sometimes, like most of the time, I'm like, oh, nobody's going to watch this. And I get like a few likes, nothing really that crazy. But then I run across people all yeah. the time and say, hey, that post you did the other day, that was really great. How's that going? Yeah. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? <laughs> it's, it's something about not just on LinkedIn, every social media channel, people are lurking. They yeah. like to lurk. They <laughs> might not like your post. They might not interact, but they're watching. They're seeing everything <laughs> that you do. And I mean, obviously there might be some haters out there, but there's also a lot of people cheering you on, but maybe, you know, sometimes you're busy or you're in a meeting and maybe you shouldn't be scrolling through social media, but you're like just scrolling and you see something, you know, and you don't really have the chance to interact, but definitely keep going even when you don't feel like you're getting the engagement, but because people are watching. So yes, definitely go and follow Raul on LinkedIn. (laughs) I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, We'll have to tell my sister that she's a lurker. She told me that. (laughs) She's like, oh, that's a really great video that you did on Adobe. I'm like, 
Really? Because you didn't <laughs> comment, like, share anything. You didn't even send me a message. You're just yeah. telling me now. She's like, no, I liked it. It was nice. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I should call her a lurker now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, Raul. Well, thank you. thank you very much for being on our show. And I will link um, everything in our show notes so you can follow Raul on LinkedIn. And again, thank you very much. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for listening to another Influence with Cultura podcast episode. Want more? Head to influencewithcultura.com or go to my show notes to subscribe to my newsletter so you can be the first to know about any new programs and episodes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me on IG at the Latina Travel Marketer so more kick-ass Latinas and women of color marketers can know about this podcast. If you are ready to up-level your marketing and social media career, I invite you to book a discovery call to see how I can best support you. Now remember, you are an asset to any organization and are ready to start that business. You got this. Talk to you next week.